turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, May the 11th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1647, Peter Stuyvesant arrived in New Amsterdam, New York, to become governor of New Netherland. Today in 1858, Minnesota became the 32nd state of the Union. Today in 1927, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences was found during a banquet at the Biltmore Hotel in Los Angeles. Today in 1935, the Rural Electrification Administration was created as one of President Franklin D. Roosevelt's New Deal programs. Today in 1953, a tornado devastated Waco, Texas, killed 114 people. Today in 1960, Israeli agents captured Nazi war criminal Adolf Eichmann. They found him in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Today in 1998, a French mint produced the first coins of Europe's single currency, the euro. Today in 2020, Twitter announced that it would add a warning label to tweets containing uh, disputed or misleading information about the coronavirus. That was part of the slide to the bottom um, with Twitter. They tried to take over everything all the time. Now, if it goes, the deal goes through, and it appears to all those who know more than I do about those things, it will. Now Elon Musk, whatever he is or isn't, still trying to kind of figure out where he's coming from, but nonetheless, he says he's going to have free speech, and he's inviting Donald Trump to come back on to Twitter. I don't, Trump has said he, he's not going to do it, but anyway, tw- uh, Musk says when he gets control, it's going to be a whole different Twitter. And uh, the people throughout the buildings of the corporation, I understand, are in shock. And they're still trying to figure out what broke their bubble and um, bruised their little rose petal in make believe land that they've been living in. Associated Press, among others, put out things that happened on this date. I look at a number of sources every morning just uh, to see what would be appropriate and what we can fit in, because I deeply believe, and others do as well, that knowing history really helps you to understand today and certainly the future. We Christians look at the future through the Bible and Bible prophecy. That gives us an enormous amount of insight. God gives us all kinds of information, and that, and we look at the, the future in that way. But looking at the just at the culture and so on, um, knowing history gives you a, a much healthier perspective on now, on the current, and certainly it helps in seeing. If you, a number of our uh, founding fathers talked about that. In fact, Patrick Henry talked about it a number of times in some of his recorded where people took notes on what he was saying. He would refer to history as a teacher and so on. And so that's why we do this every morning on this program. But there are a number of sources that we draw from. 
and uh, one of them is Associated Press. But every time Associated Press, in, in this context, mentions the name Donald Trump, they go to great lengths. And I'm. it took me a while. I thought, well, maybe they don't do this. All, But over the years that we've been doing this radio program now, <clears throat> I have come to the conclusion that it's very, very calculated, and they never miss a beat. They always put him in the, no matter what, they'll put Trump in the worst possible light, and they go to great length and use a lot of adjectives to help undermine and continue to undermine. They're still fighting Donald Trump, and he's a private citizen. He may run for president. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't even know whether he would be the best shot or someone whom he would support wholeheartedly would be the best shot for getting control of this country um, with a conservative. But nonetheless, they go out of their way to undermine and, and continue to try to devalue him. Associated Press on things that happened today put in their their information today. Five years ago today, President Donald Trump signed an executive order launching a commission to review alleged voter fraud and voter suppression, building upon his unsubstantiated claims that millions and millions of people voted illegally in the 2016 election. I don't know exactly if he used those words, but interestingly enough, Dinesh D'Souza and uh, an organization, True the Vote, that he's been working with, they have spent a great deal of money. In fact, they spent a million dollars getting access and a, a fight for over, I don't know, a year and a half, two years, something like that, uh, to get access to government-owned videos of security videos of various drop boxes for election, the ballots. And uh, they have put together this, this documentary, and it streamed the other night. I didn't get to see it. But I'm, I want to see it. I want to buy a copy of it if, if that's available, and I think it probably will be at some point. But they're trying to, I think they're trying to get it into theaters, as I understand it, and um, it'll be showing up there. But I, most people, I think, would prefer to see it at home and, and, and through streaming or through some other access. So we'll kind of keep an eye on that as they roll out. And, and as it's available, I'll let you know because it's very well done and they spent a lot of money on this and they say what they have there, I mean, it's undisputable what the the evidence they have of people fiddling with the last election that gave Joe Biden, what was it, 83 million votes or whatever, um, that nobody really believes that many people voted for him. It's called, 20, uh, it's called 2,000 Mules. Dinesh D'Souza and uh, is true the vote organization. So I, I'm endorsing it based based on what I the work I've seen Dinesh D'Souza do. He's very thorough. He's brilliant, and he's truly a conservative. And um, so anyway, we'll keep an eye on that. If you know something I don't know, let me know. Just send me a note or whatever, and catch me up on that. Report out this morning. It got even more difficult for American families to put food on the kitchen table this past month. Food prices rose 9.4% compared with a year earlier. Data from the Department of Labor showed today on their report. It's out this morning. This is the fastest rate of inflation for food since 1981. Grocery store prices went up by even more, 10.8%. The broader consumer price index rose by 8.3%. Inflation is not only is now not only running high, 
but it has broadened to an economy-wide phenomenon, according to this uh, Department of Labor report. Even the kitchen table itself, (laughs) the table that we sit around to talk about kitchen table issues, the table itself is more expensive. Prices for the category of furniture, living room, kitchen, and dining room furniture are up 14.9% compared with a year ago. They rose 1.1% compared with March. Some of the things that went up, there's a whole list of them with that report that went up. Steaks are up 11.8%, bacon 17.7%, pork chops 14%, chicken 16.4%, fresh fish 13%, fresh whole milk 15.5%, coffee, oh no, yes, Coffee is up 13.5%. Fresh fruit, 8.3%. Lettuce, 12.7%. I mean, you can go through the whole thing. Baby food is up 13%. But the problem is, I'm understanding that that families, mothers with small children are having a hard time finding baby food. They're going from store to store and calling each other. And little uh, communication groups are being set up in some towns and cities around the country. So, Moms can communicate or families can communicate on where what store has baby food. Boy, I'll tell you, breakfast cereals up 12.1%, bread 9%, 9.1%, biscuits and muffins 10%, lunch meat is up 14.4%. And eating out in a restaurant is also up, and it's not the, necessarily the restaurant's fault. I mean, it's just a reflection of what's going on in general in our culture. Fast food prices are up 7%. Full-service restaurant prices are up 87%. Even vending machines. You pop a dollar in there, you're not going to get anything. you got to pop a couple of dollars in there now to get that bag of Cheetos or whatever. They're up 7.1%. The stuff you get out of vending machines as you're walking by and you feel the urge to eat something, it's probably not the best for you. Well, I'll tell you, we live in some unusual times, and it's not just the issues that we're facing today, but it's how the left views them, or pretend to view them at least. Many people, and I hear this often in the news, and so do you if you pay any attention to the news at all. I wouldn't pay a lot of attention to it, but we should know what's going on for sure. That's what this ministry, this program is about. But Paul wrote to the Corinthians, a lot of people in Corinth were discouraged. They were depressed, in fact. And Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3 and 4. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforted us us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. There's an interesting concept there. First and foremost, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of all comfort. So God will come to us in our anxieties and our difficulties, and he will bring us comfort. We cannot find it often in our world, because our world is so screwed up. I mean, it's upside down. It is. I lay a lot of that at the feet of the progressive, so-called progressive. They're very regressive. But I lay that at the feet of the leadership. 
because they are, their policies are creating the environment that we're in today. But there is a greater move, global, that is creating a time of anxiety and, and depression. And I understand that. Suicides have spiked. There's a lot of things going on out there. But what Paul was saying to us, and inspired by God and preserved by the Holy Spirit, inerrant, God's word, Paul was saying to them and to us today that God is the the God of all comfort and we can find our peace. We can find our sanity. We can find our comfort in the Lord because he cares for us. And this is a theme throughout the Bible. But Paul says, then those of you who have been comforted can then, in all of your tribulation, we will then be able to comfort those who are still not comforted. So the thing is not about, it's not self-centered. And the Bible, the message of the Bible is not about me, but it's about receiving from God, whether it's a monetary gain, whether it's getting rich or whatever. If we have money, we're not to see ourselves as a lake. We're a river. And what God blesses us with is supposed to flow through us to other people. Whether it's money or encouragement, it doesn't matter what it is, but that is God's plan. That's the way the kingdom of God works according to God's word. So what Paul is saying here is, as God comforts you, and he will comfort you, it isn't just for your own um, release of anxiety and your own comfort, but it is so that you then can comfort others who have not perhaps even received the message of the gospel or received the peace of God that passes all understanding in their lives. So this, I think, is the word of the Lord for us today. And so let's take this to heart and allow God and just ask the Lord to give you comfort if you're, if you're anxiety-ridden. And many of you are. And I, I hear that back in the notes that we receive. So... Allow God, just ask the Lord to come in and just bathe you in his comfort. But keep in mind that it is to flow through you to others who need to be comforted as well. So, and to all of you who support this ministry, thank you. We need it. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Catholic League President Bill Donahue, he writes a lot, he says a lot. I agree with most of what he says. He's a Catholic, I am not, but he certainly has a grasp on what's happening in the culture, looking at it from the Catholic's point of view, but in a general view as well. There is a vote that's going to be happening today in D.C., in Congress, the Senate, Senator Chuck Schumer, he's going to introduce the what he calls the Women's Health Protection Act, the most radical pro-abortion bill ever written, according to Donahue. I agree with him. It would, all, it would gut the First Amendment protections for religious liberty. They're going to be taking this vote up at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I think that's about 11.30 p.m. for those of us on the West Coast. Schumer has a problem with religious liberty. Whenever it collides with issues of sexuality, Donahue said this morning, he said his interest in abortion and gay rights clearly supersedes his interest in religious liberty. 
notwithstanding the fact that the Constitution explicitly mentions the free exercise of religion while saying nothing about abortion and gay rights. Schumer's evolution, Donahue wrote this morning, epitomizes that of the Democratic Party itself. He said they have radically turned against life and liberty. Agreed. Following the leak of that draft Supreme Court decision, if the report is accurate, the Supreme Court is poised to inflict the greatest restriction of rights on the past 50 years, not just on all on women, but on all Americans, Schumer and Pelosi told the press a couple of days ago. Republican-appointed justices reported votes to overturn Roe v. Wade would go down as an abomination, one of the worst and most damaging decisions in modern history, Schumer and Pelosi said. Several of these conservative justices, who are in no way accountable to the American people, they said, have lied to the U.S. Senate, ripped up the Constitution, defiled both precedent and Supreme Court's reputation. At all the expense of tens of millions of women who could soon be stripped of their bodily autonomy and the constitutional rights they've relied on for half a century. I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. If self-gratification is our highest good, as Schumer and Pelosi say, those are their words, not mine. If it is self-gratification is the highest good, then any act up to and including the murder of a child becomes good if it's done in that pursuit. It's called the end justifies the means. On June 14, 2013, the late Rush Limbaugh said in his monologue, yes, I resurrected Rush's message. I took a good look at it yesterday afternoon. I wanted to include it in my comments today. He said, I think abortion is at the root of so much that has and is going wrong in this country. But what in toto it all means, culturally, in terms of the sanctity of life, how that's crumbled, I think it's almost at the root of everything. It's clearly had a profound impact on our culture, our society, and our politics. I think in ways that people don't even yet stop to consider. Ellie, I'll come back to Rush in a moment. Ellie Reynolds wrote... uh, a piece for the Federalist. She's very well-informed and very conservative. She wrote this for the Federalist yesterday. She shed some light on the hysteria that's driving this pro-abortion movement, and she neither was quoting one another, of course. Limbaugh said what I quoted, and I'm going to come back to him in a moment, back in on June 14, 2013. In fact, I put a link in what I wrote today in our article that we write on Faith and Freedom us every day on our website. Uh, I put a link to Rush's comments or some of them on uh, Rush Limbaugh website, so you could see the whole thing if you want to. You can go there and follow the link. But um, Ellie Reynolds wrote this, and she she says the bottom line is self gratification on the abortion issue. I agree with her. In a generation that believes actions have no real consequences. Self-gratification is the highest good. It's what I want. It's about me, not thee. We can now look at ourselves in the mirror and we can say what some call evil is actually good. And that's what Pelosi and Schumer are doing and others. They look at abortion now as a, as a good thing. It's an empowerment. It's not murder. It's empowerment. It's for the benefit of all. It gives us freedom and liberty, women 
and rights and so on. Reynolds says any sinful culture, as all are between Eden and glory, the Garden of Eden and heaven, might allow or excuse the killing of an innocent child. But the time such an act has been celebrated have historically been tied to religious rituals in which a child was sacrificed to a supposed deity. In our post-religious culture, that sacrifice is laid on the idol of self. What I want. As I said, it's not about me. It's all about me, rather. And it's not about thee. A quick look at social media shows you more than you want to know about that. You look at Facebook, uh, Twitter, whatever, Instagram. I mean, it's about me. Here's what I did. I went to the bathroom five minutes ago. I mean, who cares? Millions of people do. They follow it. We're all on I'm not, but I hope you're not. But America is on stage now presenting themselves in the way that they want people to see themselves, even though they know that's not really who they are. People will take pictures of a mansion somewhere and standing in front of it and leave the impression that, hey, we're having a good afternoon at home. And they're not the Lord or the King or whatever. I mean, I don't mean that critically, but I mean, it's concerning. We have funneled everything that is happening in our culture today through me. And Ellie Reynolds is writing that we, me, self, has become, has replaced God himself in the culture. Your quick look at the media shows you more than you want to know about that. I'm, they were, when this leaked opinion draft came out from the Supreme Court and whomever uh, leaked it, you know, I'm wondering if they'll ever really report or ever really want to find who did that. John Roberts is kind of a strange guy. He's chief justice. I mean, that's my view. I've never met him, but I don't know about about him. He presented himself as very conservative to Bush when he got up when he got nominated. He he certainly is not what he presented himself. But nonetheless, on the uh, so we'll see where all that goes. But on you look at the media, the social media. There's people on there posting today. I'm killing babies. Don't stop me. And there was this woman in front of the Basilica of St. Patrick's Old Cathedral over the weekend. She was wearing a one-piece swimsuit, and she had all kinds of little baby dolls stuffed down inside of it near her tummy, where's her stomach. And, I mean, she was saying words. I'm not even going to I'm not even gonna get into, you know, descriptive of it. But it was just base. I mean, it was barbaric. In the words they're saying, there was a whole bunch of that. I mean, millions of posts like that on social media. Reynolds says mankind has been committing the sin of selfishness for millennia. It's elevating his desires and conceit above the commands of God. That's so true. God, that We're separated. Man is separated from his perfect communion with God, and we have... In the, over the years, have here in this country, a nation founded under God, we've evolved to where we have become God. Do you believe in God? Of course. Well, how, why do you believe in work? Because I have a right. I have a right to kill an unborn child. I have autonomy over my body, as they say, and on and on it goes. But that's why civilizations have gone to war. They've overthrown governments. They've raped and conquered providences. They've abused the vulnerable. They've robbed. They've murdered. They've lied. They've cheated. 
Selfishness is not something new. Neither is abortion. It was practiced by the ancient Egyptians. A number of gods are mentioned in the Bible, including Baal and Melkart, and worshipped by King Ahab and his wife Jezebel, Astaroth, Moloch, and others. Baal required the killing of children, but perhaps Moloch is best known for it. It was brutal. I'm not going to describe it. I mean, it's barbaric, the way they killed their children with, to honor, worship, so-called Moloch. Reynolds says selfishness isn't unique in our, mo- in our moment, but it does manifest today in a particularly straightforward way. If we believe the highest telos of our existence is self-discovery, our lives cease to serve any higher purpose than ourselves. It makes sense. Then that our culture would glorify abortion because by that paradigm, killing an inconvenient baby is a means to self-empowerment. The eugenicist abortionist movement, led by Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, I might add, pushed to kill off babies for the good of society. Now, now that same crowd, a new generation, is purporting to do so for the good of the individual woman. That's how the evolution of this looks. So that's what's happening behind the scenes. Limbaugh, on June 14, 2013, he said, abortion is the root of our cultural decay. He said they've got to come up with money, (laughs) the government, and they know this. If you use the popularly accepted figure of 1.3 million abortions a year, remember this was 2013, go back to Roe v. Wade, 1973, 52 million taxpayers. Now it's, I think, 63, but... 52 million taxpayers haven't been born. That's the way Washington looks at it. Limbaugh said they don't look at it morally. They don't look at it in any kind of cultural way or any kind of cultural impact. They just say we're 52 million people short. We have 52 million fewer people paying taxes. We got to replace them. Hello, amnesty. The Democrat Party needs a permanent underclass in order to keep themselves alive as Santa Claus (laughs) to keep winning elections and stay in power. I'm quoting Rush Limbaugh. But Washington overall, much as they hate people, much as they hate their base, much as they hate the middle class, they still need people working and paying taxes. Regardless of how many people are going to be paying a lot or a little, the illegals' income levels might be such that they wouldn't be paying much, but it's better than nothing. He said, so one of the reasons for amnesty is to replace the 52 million people aborted. We need 52 million people that we don't have. We need the taxes of 52 million that don't exist. They were conceived, they were going to be born, but something happened, and they're not here. But we need them. Our birth rate is not at the replacement levels. That's what he means by, he was the president at that time, by his fertility business. It's not a matter of fertility, it's a matter of abortion. Interestingly enough, ABC came out with a report this week that said that the birth rate and, and, and fertility rates in the United States dropped to record lows again this year, according to provisional data in the new report published by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. It fell 4% from 2019, the lowest level since 1979. Indeed, this is happening. Until we confront the self-idolatry of our culture, many people will truly believe that abortion is not just necessary evil, but a self-empowering good. That's why you see the wild antics, the convulsions 
of the left when they think it's going to be taken away from them. Pray for that today. If that bill should pass the Senate at 2.30 this afternoon, Eastern Time, it would make a big difference. I don't think it will pass. Most don't. We'll see. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for being with me today.